Hello, everybody. Welcome back to an episode of Views from the Arch. As always, I'm your host, Delvon. And today we're talking about Brianna Taylor. Look, I know usually I have a nice little intro, some other stuff, and we're going to dive right into it today because actually we have a pretty big podcast. Um, I was going to do something a little bit after the initial verdict, but I kind of had a gut feeling that we were going to see a lot more information come out, and we have seen a lot more information come out. So we're going to go ahead and start cruising on through a lot of this. Let's start off with kind of what happened. We all know what happened, right? Officers arrived. They had the exception for a no-knock warrant. They had a warrant. The you know I guess the dispute was whether it was for the boyfriend in the house, the ex-boyfriend, the right boyfriend. Brianna Taylor was on the warrant. Uh, you know, police boot the door in. Shots are fired. Brianna Taylor's dead. Right. That's kind of the um, the Reader's Digest of what happened. So. Time later, uh, officers were charged. Um, the officers were not indicted. Uh, however, one officer was found charged with uh, three counts of wanton for reckless endangerment. Uh, wanton is uh, basically they were saying, you know, hey, you, sh- you know, he was he shot into, he shot with negligence and he without like regard for anybody else's safety, and that's a felony, uh, I guess, in the state. Um, so, uh, wanton is a D-class felony with a sentence of one to five years, five years being your maximum sentence. So, we don't know if that officer is going to be charged yet, and we don't know. Well, he's charged. We don't know if he's going to be convicted. We'll put it that way. Um, now, we do know that the other officers were uh, exonerated of their charges by a grand jury of their peers. Um I don't really know what that conversation looked like. I know that uh, today, which is when I'm recording this, which is the second, they just released the um, the grand jury tapes. So I'm not for sure what's all in those tapes. Obviously, I don't have access to that. Um, but I do have a pretty good article for us later on in this uh, podcast that we're going to have to go and read through. So while we're still cruising on through this, there are a lot of facts and a lot of things that were left to interpretation. We'll put it. That's the nicest way to put it. Uh, we don't really know what happened. <laughs> if you if you want to ask my personal opinion, um, you know, like I always say, you know, with law enforcement, we need to call balls and strikes. Well, this is going to be a foul because we don't know what happened. Um, like I'm reading through a lot of the I. I know what brought the police to where they are, but between the time that we knocked on the door and she's dead, we don't know what happened. There's so many different stories. You know, there, they, you know, we have witness, we have witnesses, we have one witness. I'm sorry. We have one witness saying, Hey, you know, the cops, they knocked, they announced themselves. And then there's literally 11 more witnesses that said, Hey, he didn't knock, which is actually really important because uh, according to Kentucky's Castle Doctrine, the only home invaders who could not be shot at are police. So if they announce themselves as police and you shoot at them, your defense of, well, they invaded my home. No, you can't shoot at the police in Kentucky, even if it's Castle Doctrine. So that's a big deal because if they did announce themselves, I mean, you put yourself in, you know, hit in uh, the boyfriend's shoes. My door just came down. What in the world? I mean, most people don't expect to have a raid on their house, right? Um, 
So it was ruled that Mattingly and Cosgrove were justified uh, since Kenneth Walker shot at them first. Um, during the proceedings, it didn't really give us kind of it didn't really give us anything as far as like what what was Miss Taylor doing. Um, you know, there were counts in there that say she was in the bed. Well, I mean, that's obviously not true because her body was declared, uh, you know, um, deceased, rest her soul, uh, in the middle of the hallway. So she couldn't have been in the bed, right? She couldn't have been. You don't die. You don't get shot in the bed. I mean, you could get shot in the bed and then die in the and then die in the in the hallway. But all the evidence doesn't support that. It supports that she got shot in the hallway and died in the hallway. Um, you know, uh, so. As of right now, the officers that did the shooting aren't going to jail for actually shooting uh, Taylor. It was, I guess it was determined that they were just kind of doing their job. And this was a botched operation on law enforcement's behalf. Get it. I'm going to get a little sip of water. So I guess that I hope you guys, I hope you guys can hear this mic's pretty good. And I hope you guys can hear my ice cubes jingling. Uh, so it was determined that I guess they did their job. Um, I don't think it, if anything, they should, if you're going to let them go with anything, it's because you can't rule if they did their job or not. You can't. There's a lack of body cam evidence. This unit wasn't wearing body cam, which for me is a problem. Look, I'm all about risky police work. I think it's great. If there's a criminal out there and the police want to go get them, Please feel free. But if you're going to go do high-risk stuff, law enforcement, put on a body cam. Like, if you're going to serve a no-knock warrant, you want to have a body cam on. So that way, when your no-knock warrant hits the desk of the judge, and you say, well, actually, sir, we did knock. And the judge says, well, these 11 people say you didn't. And that one guy from across the hallway says you might have. You can say, well, the body cam clearly shows me knocking and announcing myself as police. So I don't know what they thought they didn't or did here, but I know what we did because it's on body cam. Oh, okay. Well, that changes everything. Now, this also is granted just because you announce yourself, you know, and uh, this is actually a, a kind of like a small debate that I have on Twitter. You know, some guy was like, well, if they announce themselves, why didn't you just surrender? And I was like, well, imagine if you're laid up, two rooms in the house, booed up in the bed, the doors are closed, your bedroom door might be closed, and the TV's on. Come beat on my door. I'm probably not going to hear you. One, I'm all booed up. I got other things to worry about than my doors, right? Come on now. Number two, I got my movie on. I'm not focused on my doors, man. You're not focused on the doors? What makes you think I can hear that? You have to be beating on that door. Like, you have to be beating on the door. Trust me, from personal experience as law enforcement, people do not hear their doors. If they're in the back of the house and you're knocking like a normal human being on their door, they will not answer your door. You have to beat on the door. It needs to, the whole door frame needs to vibrate when you hit that door. Because if not, they're not going to hear you. They're not going to hear you. That's why the stereotypical trope of a police knock is when, you know, the cop takes his fist and he starts slamming on the door and the whole door is rattling. The cop knock. Because we want you guys to hear me. I'm, I'm knocking for a reason. So if they're knocking like they're here to drop off a pizza, you know, I mean, I guess you can call it knocking. And I know there's a lot of rules around, you know, knocking one warrants and, you don't really have to, you know, make it so, you know, loud, but I kind of think you should. If you're going to knock and announce, you might as well knock and announce for real, right? Say it with your chest. 
So we don't even know to what extent they knocked. These the one witness could have just saw him tap the door slightly, and the other people were like, "He didn't touch the door." Well, what was that? Was that a knock, or is that the wind? Right. So I really don't think we know what happened, which is sad because body cam could have completely exonerated this unit, or it could land all of them in prison. So I don't really know. Uh, I know that when your department has body cams, you should probably be wearing body cams when you're doing high-risk activity. That's just to cover yourself. It is, I mean, let's be honest. Let's be honest. Body cams are not... Uh, body cams don't hold everybody accountable, right? But as a law enforcement officer, you should look at it as, this is to make sure that when somebody says that I did something illegal... I can say wrong body cam doesn't show that it protects you. It's there to protect you, the officer and it's there to protect the citizen, right? Cause if an officer comes out of pocket on a citizen, we have evidence, right? We have facts and evidence, but it's also there to protect you law enforcement because it's so easy to say, well, L- well your LEO didn't do this, this, and this. And now he said, she said, now we're battling on court. He said, she said, right? So, amidst the, uh, you know, the obvious happened, and I don't say that very, I don't, I'm not trying to say that flippantly, but the obvious happened. They weren't charged, and an officer was charged in, like, a completely separate, uh, you know, incident. They protested, and then they rioted. Um, you know, the only thing about this protest, you know, I, I understand the protest. I, you know, I understand the protest. Um, I'm not mad they're protesting. It was just what I thought they were going to do in the first place. It, I knew the guys were going to be found not guilty when they first announced they were charging him. I'm like, well, that's not going to work out well. You, who, who's your? How? How are you going to do it? How? With witnesses who didn't really see anything? Anyways, I'm not going to get on that. So, the only thing about the protest that I caution is this. I watched it live on Twitter. And a lot of them were were marching and and chanting, we didn't get it, burn it down. We didn't get it, burn it down. We didn't get it, burn it down. I would caution this. Um, Be careful with what you wish for. If we start forming lynch mobs and sending people to political jail, you will find yourself the citizen in a lynch mob and going to political jail. It's going to roll downhill. Poop rolls downhill. I tried to cuss my podcast. So, that's one thing I didn't like. I don't, I'm not a fan of political jail. Um, I get it. We're upset. I get there needs to be justice. But hey, um, go talk to you. Need to go talk to your homeboy down the street because your peers, your peers, did not indict those officers. They sat and faced a grand jury of their peers. And they were not indicted. Now I don't know the makeup of the uh, of the jury. I will admit that I don't know if it was majority black, white, female, male. I don't know what that looked like. I don't know. You know, I know somebody asked me um, how many Trump supporters are on the <laughs> were on the um, on the grand jury. I'm like, yeah, I don't know. How how would I know that? I didn't go there and select the jury, man. Uh, no. Um, Jason forty seven from Twitter. I'm just playing with you, man. But uh, no, I, I I don't know. I I don't know the makeup of the jur of the jury. Um, 
Really quick, though, I am going to address one thing, and I think this comes from Sarah Haslow from Facebook. She asked me, and this was admittedly a couple days ago. So like I said, I delayed I delayed this on purpose. I really wanted to see what was going on with a couple things we're going to get to a little later. She asked me, uh, the governor immediately set in a uh, 9 p.m. to 6.30 a.m. curfew. What are your thoughts? My thoughts on a curfew? I think curfews are stupid. You're not going to tell me as an adult that I can't walk somewhere between the hours of 9 p.m. and 6 o'clock in the morning. I'm an adult. I will go drive and walk where I want to. If you have a problem with it, we can go to jail. That's my personal opinion. That's just me. That That's just me, personally. Uh, I'm a grown man. I'm an adult. I'm a responsible adult. I will go to McDonald's at 4 o'clock in the morning if I so please. I will take a jog at midnight if I please, and I will take a random drive to the middle of nowhere to clear my head if I please. If there's a problem, we can go to jail, and I'm going to sue you. Because I think, personally, I think curfews are unconstitutional. I think that a curfew is unconstitutional. It's a weak, loose piece of paper way to give the police probable cause to make mass arrests. That's all it does. It gives the police a reason to put a lot of people at once in handcuffs. I'm just being honest, and everybody on this podcast knows I support law enforcement 110%, but I will call a spade a spade. When I see it being done, it's being done. Curfews are, curfews are put in place to give law enforcement the ability, and this is my opinion, right? This is my opinion. It gives them the ability to make mass arrests without suffering consequences, a.k.a. they're shielded by liabilities, right? They can't be liable for that arrest because they were told that this is illegal now. It's kind of being in the park after 10. If you're in the park after 10, we can go and go to jail, right? Or you can get a, you get a ticket or whatever uh, whatever that's, uh, that city's law is, right? So it just gives the officers enough reason, enough, not reason, I'm sorry, probable cause to say, hey, who are you? What are you doing? Can I put you in handcuffs? And the answer is going to be, tell them who you are. You go in handcuffs. You could go to jail. You know, it's a loose way of doing that. It it doesn't it lowers the bar of expectation, right? Um, you know, and I knew. I, I mean, he put that in place, and also I don't like that because he put that in place during peaceful protests. Uh, you know, really, we are going to call spades a spade around here. They were just marching down the street, and there's like Humvees rolling all around. It's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. So, but in the midst of the riots, we did have two police officers that were shot on uh, the 23rd of last of uh, September. Um, I, you know, I kind of blame the media for that one. And this is also a response to the same individual from Facebook. I do blame the media on that one um, because the media was perpetuating straight up lies. They were saying, you know, they're at the wrong apartment. They had the wrong people. Brown Taylor was on the warrant. All that is a complete, I mean, that's that, that's just false. She was by name on the warrant. Her residence was by the exact address, right? They were at the right apartment. They weren't at, you know, they were at her house, right? I mean, the media, the media was so disgusting whenever a lot of this first came out. I had turned it off because I was like, I can't trust a single word you're saying. You know, I mean, CNN would say one thing, and I'd see six articles saying the different. I'm, I'm like, what, what is going on? But you know, end up being two police officers shot. I believe they both lived. Um, I don't think either one has turned to duty yet. Um, but 
Yeah, I had to go on a small rant about the uh, about the curfew. Uh, sorry about that. Um, <laughs> so other than that, though, you know, I I can't stand a curfew. I really can't. But you know, I you know a lot of people were were complaining about you know, oh, police officers are they're not they're not held liable. They're not held liable. They're not held liable. Well, they were they were held to a standard. You know. This was not a case of them not being held accountable. A grand jury, once again, of their peers decided we're not going to trial. You know, and then you you got people like Jalen Rose yelling, arrest all cops on ESPN or whatever. I'm like, come on, man. Come on, man. Like those, those, those guys, those guys have the same constitutional rights as everybody else. Listen. You can't tell police officers that they're just citizens and then change their constitutional rights because they're not going to just be just citizens anymore, right? So we're 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 not going to do that. We're we're not going to do that. Uh, amongst all the protests as well, um, the Kentucky Attorney General uh, came out and said, um, "Do we really want the truth, or do we want what fits our narrative?" Which was actually seen as a very strong line because he doubled, tripled, and then quadrupled down by the uh, the ability of the grand jury to say we're not indicting. Um, which I thought was really interesting that they didn't indict. Um, I thought they were going to indict. Honestly, I thought they might have enough to indict, at least to put it up to a trial. Um, but, you know, he doubled, tripled, and quadrupled down. Um, you know, I was just kind of overall seeing a lot of disinformation with this. Um, you know, I was seeing that it was held as a no as a no knock warrant, but had the exception, which is, you know, partially true. It was actually a it was actually a warrant to knock with a no knock exception, giving certain circumstances. You know, now there's reports of jurors. We're gonna get to in a second. There's reports of jurors that were told not that they couldn't indict these officers. Um, and there was some type of discrepancy amongst the grand jury and ended up being that the transcripts of the grand jury, which never happens were released. And that, that never had those, those transcripts are secret. Basically that does not happen. Um, you know, that, that, that just does not happen. Um, so you know, the, the first article we're going to get to is per the, uh, carrier journal, um, this kind of covers something that Judge uh, Mary Shaw, who was a judge that who was a judge that I believe she signed the search warrant, she is concerned that the detectives lied about obtaining the search warrant. So, per the Courier Journal, um, the Louisville judge who signed the, who signed a search warrant for Breonna Taylor's home that ultimately led to her death said Thursday she is concerned that the, that the detective may have lied to obtain the warrant, but. Jefferson Circuit uh, Judge Mary Shaw told the Courier Journal that she will defer to the FBI, which has still been investigating. So she didn't actually speak too much on it. You know, I think when a judge comes out and says, I think I was just duped, I think that's pretty big in itself. Uh, but she ended up just being like, hey, you know, they're investigating. I'm not going to speak on it. They can, the Courier Journal continues. The Courier Journal asked Shaw if she intended to determine, uh, she intended to demand that Detective Joshua Janus, I basically say his name, uh, 
show why he shouldn't be held in contempt for swearing in an affidavit that he verified through the U.S. Postal Service uh, Postal Service inspector that suspected drug uh, drug dealer. This is that's the way the Courier Journal awarded it. Suspected drug dealer Jamarcus Glover uh, had been receiving packages at Taylor's home. Records obtained by the Courier Journal and first reported by WDRB show that Louisville police were told before uh, the March 13th raid that no packages, no packages, suspicious or otherwise, had been delivered uh, to Glover uh, to Glover at Taylor's residence in the months before she was shot and killed by police executing a no-knock search warrant. And they indicate that Joshua, that Sergeant uh, Jonathan Mattingly, who was shot and wounded, wounded during the search, had a larger role in verifying information with the Postal Inspector's Office than previously stated. Maddeningly and, detect and detectives Miles Cosgrove and Brett Hankinson returned fire at... Uh, oh, this is just... That's just kind of covering what we already know. This article was written really weird. <laughs> but, you know, the gist of the article is basically um, that we're... I mean, all the way up to the judge, you know, now all the way up to the judge, we are not for sure what the facts are. We're not for sure. It states right here. Sergeant Mattingly stated, and he told Detective Janus, there was no package history at this address. Slater told investigators, according to a summary of the interview, Sergeant Slater stated, Sergeant Slater stated, oh, I'm sorry, Kuzma also called Nobles, who told him he remembered there being no packages. Sergeant Slater stated there were no packages. Slater also told public and uh, integrity unit investigators that packages had been delivered and received under another name to the address. So a lot of these detectives are saying there's no packages, but there's packages with other names. Glover told the Courier Journal in August that he received only shoes and clothing, not drugs, at Taylor's home in Spring in Springdale Drive or Springfield Drive, near what is that, Arwakoyas Park. Attorney General Daniel Cameron announced last week that both Manley and Cosgrove acting in self-defense and could not be charged with any crimes. Well, I mean, honestly, that kind of depends. If they didn't announce themselves then you're going to have this issue where the standard ground comes in. Because if you have a no-knock warrant and you do enter without no, without knocking, you did announce yourself, we're running into castle doctrine. How am I supposed to know who you are? You're in my house. Right? A grand jury indicted Hankinson who fired 10 rounds with wanton endangerment. Three residents in the adjoining apartment he has pleaded not guilty and is free on a $15,000 bond. That seems kind of low. <laughs> That's not what they said. That's what I'm saying. FBI spokesman Timothy Beam said by email Thursday that his office has the public, the public integrity unit report obtained by the uh, Courier Journal. He would say only that the FBI, Louisville, is actively investigating all aspects of the death of Brianna Taylor. So, you know... Well, uh, one more segment, actually. Sorry. False information in the affidavit? Question mark. This is not the first time Janus search warrants applications have been questioned. Postal Inspector Tony Gooden of WDRB News in May the, stated that his office has been asked 
by what we now know was Chivalry, Chivalry Police to investigate whether Taylor's apartment had been receiving suspicious mail. His office, Gooden said, concluded it wasn't. There's no packages of interest going there. Janus said in his search warrant request that um, affidavit verified through U.S. Postal Inspector that uh, Jamarcus Glover had been receiving packages at, uh, I can give that, that's her address, and I can give her address, but basically to her address. Janus added, uh, affidavit, uh, no, um, it has been confirmed and knows, the witness has confirmed and knows through training and experience that it is not uncommon for drug traffickers to receive mail packages at different locations to avoid detection by law enforcement. Attorney, attorneys from Taylor's family and May accuse officers providing false information in the affidavit, saying that Gooden's remarks directly contradict what the police stated in the affidavit to secure a no-knock warrant for her home. So, that's going to be very important. If he lied in this, if he lied in this, that's going to be huge. If he lied in a no-knock warrant, that's going to be absolutely... I think a lot of things are still going to come out about um, about this case. Um, I think I think actually a tremendous amount of things are going to come out uh, about this case. Um, and I think that these tapes that we're about to get to after, the, after our break and a message from our sponsors are going to be the tip of the iceberg. So, with that being said... We have a New York Times article we're going to go ahead and get to in just a moment. But first, we're going to take a message from our sponsors. Hello, everybody. I know you know me, but I'm going to tell you again. I'm your phenomenal host, Delvon. Let's talk about somebody. Let's talk about Anchor. Listen, I use Anchor for Views from the Arch. I've had a previous podcast. I used Anchor on that podcast. I think Anchor is a phenomenal website to use if you're a starting podcaster and you want to get your voice out there. They will help you. They will push your podcast out to places like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. I think if you're an individual who wants to start a podcast, please consider using Anchor. Anchor is a great website. Simple, easy, and quick to use. Okay, we are back from our break. Now, this is from the New York Times. It is titled, Breonna Taylor Grand Jury Audio Reveals Conflicting Accounts of Fatal Raid. This is 15 hours of recording, including interviews with witnesses, audio from 911 calls, and other evidence. But a few statements from the um, but few statements from the prosecutor. Let's read. Differing accounts emerge, but no instructions from prosecutor. So this kind of spurred after uh, there was some con- there was some kind of conflict with the grand jury, where it was being said, and a grand juror who is remains who remains in secrecy for his own safety and protection, obviously. Um, he filed a certain form. I don't know what that form is called, admittingly, but basically this form stated that there was some kind of misconduct during the grand jury proceedings where the grand jurors are told you cannot charge these officers by the prosecutor. The prosecutor said you can't charge them. Not that, Hey, it's up to you. Hey, you know, it's no, he, there, the juror said that we were told we can't charge him. We can't charge any of them. So what they're what they're stating is that they were their hands were tied, right? And I don't know if I completely believe that. 
Um, you know, I don't know if I believe that from a from a current sitting attorney general. Uh, you know, I don't know if I could see that conversation really taking place. Um, I, I, I mean, I guess I could. Anything's possible. The other flip side of me wants to say maybe these people are just nervous. Like, this is arguably one of the most televised, you know, police shooting cases in the country recently. And you just voted not to indict three policemen, right? I mean, if, if I mean for me, I'd be like, am I gonna be safe to go home, right? Or gonna blow my house up, you know? But the article reads: two very different accounts emerge on Friday from either side of an apartment door in Louisville. The one that police officers uh, knocked off its hinges in March as. They uh, delivered a search warrant to the home of Breonna Taylor and newly released audio from closed-door grand jury proceedings. There was conflicting testimony over what happened in the seconds before the police shot and killed Miss Taylor. A black emergency room technician whose whose death pulled people to the streets in protests across the country. Miss Taylor's boyfriend, Kenneth Kenneth Walker, said in, in the new recording that he was scared to death in quotations. When he and Miss Taylor heard pounding at the... Okay, so we heard the pounding. Got it. They heard pounding on the door in the middle of the night and got no response uh, to their yelled inquiries of who was knocking. So, you know, that's it's still tricky with the Castle Doctrine. The, you know, this, this constitutional Castle Doctrine that they had built into the Kentucky cast, uh, Constitution is really going to butt heads with this law enforcement thing here in a minute. And I think we're going to see a couple revisions there. But that's neither here nor there in this article. I'm just That's just my kind of side thoughts. The officers involved in the raid, though, insisted in interviews with investigators that they had loudly identified themselves as police before they burst through the door. It was only after one officer was shot, they said that they opened fire uh, at the couple, killing Miss Taylor. The dueling accounts of a chaotic and tragic night are captured in 15 hours of recording from grand jury examinations of the fatal raid. For the first time, some of those some of those directly involved in the police shooting, including neighbors, officers, and Miss Taylor's boyfriend, are heard describing the fatal night. Next thing I know, she's on the ground. Yeah, okay, yeah, that is from her boyfriend. Next thing I know, she's on the ground, and the doors busted open, and I hear a bunch of yelling and just panicking, Mr. Walker said in an interview with investigators in March that uh, in March that was playing for the grand jury this week. And she's right there, bleeding, he adds. Uh, and nobody's coming, and I'm just confused and scared. So it sounds like hecticness, right? It sounds like chaoticness. It sounds like he might not have heard it was the police. Right. I'm, and I'm partially inclined to believe him. Um, you know, he wasn't on the search warrant. He, you know, Glover was on the Glover is who the police were, were really after. Brianna Taylor is who the police states they were after. He was not on the search warrant. He does not have any warrants. He has no priors. Right. He's just fine. So I, I'm apt to believe that he didn't hear them. He heard beating on the door. You know what I do? You know what I do when I hear beating on my door at midnight? Who is it? Or at any time, who is it? If you don't respond, I'm not coming. You can keep knocking and I'm going to call the police. Or you can leave. So, 
that's kind of what Pilate was thinking. He's like, uh, I'm just beating on my door right now, but this is going to become a problem. Now, the door comes flying in. You don't know who's in your house. We're running into a separate issue here. This is why I said they need to be wearing body cams. But what do I know? Daniel Cameron, the Kentucky Attorney General, released the recordings on Friday after a judge ordered him to do so. But the recordings did not include the instructions that prosecutors gave to the 12 jurors. One juror said Mr. Cameron was deflecting blame by saying it was jurors who had opted not to indict the two officers who shot Miss Taylor. One of, one of those officers, Detective Miles uh, Cosgrove, who the FBI uh, said fired the shot that killed Miss Taylor, described in the audio being uncertain about exactly what occurred during the chaos after police used a battering ram to burst into Miss Taylor's apartment and were shot at by Mr. Walker. I just sensed this part of the detective. I just sensed that I fired. Uh, detective Crago said in an interview last month that was placed for the jurors, but he added, it's like a surreal thing. If you told me I didn't do something at that time, I believe you. If you told me I did something, I believe you too. Okay, fair enough. High tense situation. I think as an officer, though, you should be a little more controlled than that. You know, you should know what you're doing. <laughs> I shouldn't, you know, if I, I shouldn't be like, that never happened, bro. And you'd be like, oh, okay. Be like, hey, you fired your gun. You should be like, yeah, I know. I know what I did. Leave me alone. The jurors met in person over three days last week and reviewed police interviews of officers and witnesses at the scene. Now one calls in the body camera video from Miss um, from, from after Miss Taylor was shot. They also met directly with detectives who had investigated the killing and the jurors sounded at times inquisitive or skeptical on the recordings uh, um, pertaining to uh, peppering detectives with questions and pointing out inconsistencies in some of the officers' accounts. Good. That's good. Th this is good. That's good. If something doesn't make sense, you need to make it make sense, right? This is good. I, the attorney general here sounds like he's getting a little annoyed. Uh, I don't really hear why we're annoyed with this. That's good. These people are charged with finding out if the if the government, because that's what police officers are, they're agents of the government, just illegally killed somebody. If things don't make sense, if things aren't lining up, you absolutely should become inquisitive. Ask all the questions in the world. And guess who should have those answers? The police should have all those answers for you. And then, and then more. We continue. An officer who shot, an officer who shot Miss Taylor described the chaotic scene. Detective Cosgrove, who FBI said fired the one shot that killed Miss Taylor, described a disorienting scene of flashing lights as officers breached the door and seemed to suggest uncertainty about what happened exactly. That sounds like excuses are coming. Uh, I know that I have fired. Yeah, I know that I have fired. He said during an interview he gave police investigators last month that was played for the grand jury. I just sensed that I had fired. And then he re-added the surreal thing. Um, as soon as he got to the doorway, Detective Cosgrove said he was overwhelmed with bright flashes and darkness in what I described as a movie reeling, a movie reel that's uh, doing that ticking where you see white and black, white and black. That sounds like we're getting set up for a mental health plea. Listen, you need... If you're going to do that and do this job, right, you're going to be kicking people's doors or whatever you're, you're doing. You need to have enough self-control, enough control that when, you're, when your adrenaline gets that high, 
do some breathing treatments or something. Like you, you should not be entering somebody else's home like that. You're on, you know, if you're trying to, you guys are all entering on 10 and you're entering on freaking 40. You can't even see straight. Talking about some ticking sounds. Right? I mean, I mean, that, that's just ridiculous. I know John, I know John. My friend that I've known for 15 years has been shot in this confined space, Kajarov said. And I know this person is down. I sense that there is still, and I sense that there's still these gunshots happening due to those bright lights. So he's probably describing muzzle flashes. Although I think the boyfriend said he only shot once. So he's probably describing the muzzle flashes. My guess is that the front room of the apartment was dark. It's being lit up by muzzle flashes. I'm speculating at this point. That's what I, mean. I want to make it make sense to me. Because I don't, you know, if you're telling me that kick this door in and now you can't see straight, we have a problem. If you're telling me that the muzzle flashes were blinding you, well, I can believe that. I can, I can buy that. <laughs> Jesus. And I know this person is down and since they're still, oh, I'm sorry about that. I was about to recap myself. Um, Detective Crogrove said that he also saw a shadow of a person, a larger than normal human shadow, when when they raided the apartment. After jurors heard a recording of the interview that Cosgrove gave to investigators, one juror asked, does he have a history of panic attacks? Yeah, that is absolutely what you should have asked. I was just about to comment on that. Do you have a history of panic attacks? Do you have a history of uh, dizzy spells, fainting? Should you not have been on that task force? Were, were, are, when was the last time you went to your doctor? Do you have a history of extremely high blood pressure? Do you have a history? Uh, I mean, uh, there's so many things. Were you, are, are you medically cleared to be on that task force? Is there even a medical clearance to be on the task force? Probably not. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I absolutely agree with this. Word. Do you have a history of panic attacks? Detective, this is the next paragraph. Detective ja, Jeff Frog, an investigator with the Attorney General's office who interviewed Cosgrove, said he did not know. In these type of situations, whatever happens, whatever happened that night, everybody responded to it different. Fog, Detective Fogg responded. Yeah. My my whole thing is this. It it just sounds like complete and total chaos. It it sounds like it sounds disorganized. I mean it sounds completely disorganized. Um it, it just doesn't sound like you know it it doesn't sound like it doesn't sound like a police raid. It sounds like we didn't plan enough. The next segment, jurors raised jurors raise questions about some of the evidence. The dozen grand jurors appeared inquisitive throughout the proceedings, asking witnesses about the evidence and sometimes sounding skeptical about what was provided to them. The first witness before the grand jury was an investigator for the attorney general's office who presented photos and videos of the evidence, including the body cam video of the three officers who arrived after the shots were fired. The questioning was led by Barbara Maines. Barbara, oh, oh, you have two last names. Oh, no, you have, that's just your full name. They put your full name. That's weird. That's really weird. That was a weird way to read that. Anyways, I'm just going to use first and last name. Uh, Barbara Wally, an assistant attorney general. It was just really, really, really tripped me up. I'm like, why is your middle name in here? Uh, grand jurors asked whether... Uh, Kenneth Walker, Miss Taylor's boyfriend, uh, had been named in a search warrant. He had not, as I already knew, and I already, you know, kind of told people, but no one seemed to believe me. So why would he? Why would he? He's just some dude. 
He's dude down the block that she's dating. They're all booed up in the bedroom, watching a movie. Why is he on search warrant? What's he doing? Anyways. What exactly the officers saw when the apartment door opened, or the officers ex uh, executing the warrant, were where the, the police had already found Jamarcus Glover, an ex-boyfriend of Miss Taylor, who was the target of the drug investigation. So, target was already acquired prior to warrant. So, now I'm hearing communication breakdowns internally. It's not good. When you have a high-value target and you've taken him into custody, you might want to send out an email, a phone call, uh, send a pigeon, a horse. Anyways, Miss Glover, Mr. Oh, excuse me, Mr. Glover was was in custody by the time the police raided Miss Taylor's apartment. At one point, a juror asked about the timestamp on the video. Another asked why they had not seen the room where the gun was found. The investigator said the room would be shown in a different video. The grand jurors peppered a detective from the attorney general's office with several questions. Um, on the third and final day that they met, uh, just hours before indicting Mr. Han uh, Mr. Hankinson, they asked if the police had recovered drugs or money from the apartment. The detective said no. Yeah, the police had not searched the apartment for drugs or paraphernalia after shooting Miss Taylor. They asked whether he had a diagram diagrams of the scene. He said no. And why the officer's body cameras were not activated, the detective said he did not know. That entire paragraph is 110% unacceptable. That is unacceptable. Why were their body cams on? I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? No, 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 no. We don't. No, 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 no. Somebody's dead. We don't get. You don't get to say we don't know. Why weren't your body cams activated? Why was there no diagram of the scene? Did we not do an investigation? Did we not map out the scene? Did we care? You know. I, I mean, listen. Like I said, everybody knows I support police. I don't support bad policing. This entire thing sounds like terrible policing. Okay? Why didn't, why didn't you search the apartment? You were there to search it in the first place. I mean, just because... I mean, something happened, and somebody, somebody's now deceased. You better search it, because you better find what you came for, or you're not going to be able to justify why you just murdered somebody. You just kicked in somebody's door, and then killed somebody. You better search it. You better, you better the floorboards up. You better find what you're looking for. Because if not, you're going to look real bad. Very, very bad. So, we, we, we move on. The call suggested that Mr. Hankinson, who was, who, fired so, who, was, who was fired several months after the shooting, believed that Sergeant Jonathan Mattingly had been wounded by someone with an AR-15, uh, a type of military-style semi-automatic rifle uh, who was barricaded inside the apartment. Wrong. I mean, I guess not wrong. I'm not going to tell you what you saw was wrong, but all other accounts stated he it was a pistol and he was in the hallway. Clear as day. So this tells me, I mean, look, we're kicking in doors at 1243 a.m. with a no-knock warrant. Yeah, the apartment's dark, man. No one had a flashlight? Like, I, I'm reading this article. I'm just getting angry. I'm getting angry at the police officers. Like, I, I'm just... I, I'm, I'm baffled. That's, that's the end of the article for us. I mean, the rest of it's really just about the protest, and we all kind of know about that. You know, look. Here's the thing, man. 
there's no excuse for lazy policing, right? If you're going to do something this risky, if you're going to do things that are, like I said, I'm all about it. High risk, high reward. Cool, man. I get it. Police work can be that way. We need, you need to take precautions. Body cam, right? Body cam, body cam, body cam. If you're doing it in the middle of the night, put some flashlights on your guns. Jesus Christ. I, I feel like when I read that, I'm hearing three police officers saying, well, we're all staring into the dark abyss of this house while we just booted the door in. Were there no flashlights? No, no, uh, some, you know, those big lights you can bring on scene. Some people come, sometimes they're called, um, you know, overbrights or something like that, but they're, they're big transportable lights. No one brought any lights? Let's go on a camp trip and not bring any food. Come on, man. Look, it, all I'm getting from this, somebody should have went to jail. That's going to be my final take. Somebody should have went to jail. I'm hearing a bunch of very unacceptable reasons for why things didn't happen. And I think that somebody should have went to trial. Not on wanton. No, murder. Somebody should have went to trial for murder. And you make them fight that out in court because there are a lot of questions. There's still questions. It, you don't get to just brush off with, oh, I don't know. Oh, no, we didn't do that either because we just didn't. No, those aren't reasons, man. Those aren't good reasons. Look, I think, I absolutely think that somebody should went to court for this one. Um, yeah, we're going to call this one a strike on law enforcement. Started off as a foul, where it's going to be a strike. And uh, I think this is going to be strike three. Somebody might be out on this one. Um, it's, you know, I mean, you don't even know what to believe anymore. There's just so much misinformation. You don't know You don't know what to believe anymore. That's the crazy. You can't even trust anything. It's absolutely crazy. Um you know, that's kind of all that, the you know, I know I had a whole lot of opinion in this one and, you know, I felt a little more strongly about this one than I thought I would. Um, overall, I'm going to call it a strike on law enforcement's part. I think that a lot of things went wrong that should never have gone wrong. There are, I mean, like I said, if you're going to execute an operation, you better be crossing T's and dotting I's. That's all I'm saying. Because... When it goes from sugar to worse in five seconds, you need to be able to justify what you're doing. Like, why didn't you search the apartment? Oh, we just didn't. What? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Anyways. But, guys, listen, that's all for today's episode. Um, You know, whether you agree or disagree with me, wherever I post this, please feel free to comment. Uh, feel free to converse with me. I'm always available. You can always get a hold of me. I'm also my Snapchat, uh, SavageTheGod94, all one word, no caps. Um, please keep viewing. Please keep sharing. Somebody's sharing. I'm noticing upticks in the numbers again. Some people are sharing. This is getting out there. Um, people are listening. Um, we have a lot of really, really good guests coming up. A lot of good people have started inquiring about being on the show, so we're, start, we're starting to look up. Um, we've had a lot of subscribers join us. Um, so for you, so for you individuals who are giving, um, in the support section, Hey, listen, from the bottom of my heart, I truly thank you because I can't grow without the help. Right. Um, so just remember 
I told you guys, and I'll be honest about it, we call balls and strikes and fouls here when it comes to these breakdowns. I've called balls. Now I'm calling a strike. All right? So, remember, once again, like, share, subscribe to this podcast. Tell all your friends. Tell your mom. Let your grandma know. Tell your best friend. Show your teacher in school. Look, use it for look, use it for a class project, man. Let people hear it. Put it out there, all right? Especially if they disagree. That's the best kind of people. Let them disagree. Let them seek out more information. Hopefully this podcast, right? Anyways, listen, guys, we're getting the winter months. Everybody be safe. We're on our next couple of podcasts. Um, actually, later on this month and into the month of November, we'll have some guests on. Uh, and a couple of those guests, you know, we're going to be talking about, it's mostly about mental health. We're talking about a little bit of COVID. Um, so remember, as we get into the winter months, wear your mask, you know, do all your social distancing nonsense. Be safe. All right. Be safe. Don't get sick. Okay. Don't get sick with the flu. It's going to be the flu season. COVID season still here. Then you have the general cold and just, just don't get overly sick. All right. Everybody needs to be safe. Wash your hands, man. Just wash your hands. All right. Everybody be safe, be cool. And uh, I might do a second follow-up to that. I know somebody asked me, who was it? Um, Penrow45 from, uh, no, no, that's not him. Wrong guy. We are the people from, uh, from uh, Twitter. Will you be doing a follow-up to this or a part two? Depends. Um, I'm going to be posting articles on the Facebook page. Um, I will do a follow up if something big happens. Um, so we will do a follow up podcast if something big happens. Other than that, no, I'll post articles and I'll kind of type out my opinion. Um, so it's all for me today, guys. I'm signing out. Till next time.